welcome to Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5. This is the radio show that looks at all things educational in our Nevada County Schools. I'm your host, Scott Lay, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools, and with me as always is Kim Ewing, Nevada County Schools Arts Coordinator. Tonight, we are going to be talking STEAM Expo. We have two guests with us, and we want to go through the history of the STEAM Expo define what is the STEAM Expo, what do the letters down stand for, uh, what it looks like this year, uh, and specific components of it, how students get to participate. Um, it's just all really, really good, positive things that our kids get to, to participate in there. So I would like to welcome our two guests. We have Tina Corker, Associate Superintendent here at the Nevada County Superintendents of Schools Office. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Scott. Nice to be here. Hi, Kim. Hi there. Thanks for being here. And we also have Carrie Ferrero. Carrie, you kind of have a, a, a unique role. So tell us your role here in the county office because you're you're in kind of two worlds, the schools and here, and uh, you're everywhere. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, my name is Carolyn Ferrero, and I am serving this year as a teacher on special assignment and a countywide coach in science and math. Um, that's my role. That's your role cool. here at the county office, but we must give credit to Pleasant Ridge uh, school district for allowing you to come here and being that teacher on special assignment or TOSIS as people will hear called. And so we greatly appreciate that, that we're able to steal Carrie away. And, uh, and she does all things that are science and an amazing job at that. Well, you know, let's get right into this. Tina, why yeah. don't you tell us what is the STEAM Expo and what does each letter stand for? I'm happy to talk about that, Scott. STEAM is actually an acronym. Each letter stands for a word. The S is science, the T is technology, the E is for engineering, the A is for art, and the M is for math. And um, we have um, held four successful STEAM expos in this county, um, going back to uh, the spring of 2016 was the very first STEAM Expo. And those were all held in person. Um, and the reason we, we, at the fairgrounds, the reason we transitioned to a STEAM Expo in the spring of 2016 was that we were transitioning from, um, from what the schools were doing at their site independently. Each schools did a student science fair. And each of those science fairs were held independently and each school was uh, were judging their own students' works and then sending those uh, winners on down to the California Science Fair in the spring. Um, we thought it might be very exciting to bring all of those science experiments from all students who want to participate K-12 um, to a venue where we could showcase uh, students um, integrating STEAM, again, science, technology, engineering, art, and math across all curricular areas from robotics to um, the arts to math, computer science, all sorts of subjects. So that's how we were able to then um, hold a wonderful uh, STEAM expo at the fairgrounds for four years in a row until COVID hit. 
until, of course, everybody's bane of our existence, COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, and I do remember that first year in 2016 and how neat it was just to pull all those different projects, the math projects, the science projects, we had art projects, we had uh, some private industry there, um, just some, some really, really good stuff. Uh, before we, you know, as you mentioned, do you remember how many years did we hold the science fair we, we held that in our county and, and I, I can't remember. I know as a teacher, I had my students participate in it. Uh, as a principal, I encouraged all my, my teachers to you know, continue that participation. I remember we held it at different buildings, the Elks buildings. We held it at Union Hill one year. We had it at the fairgrounds one year. Um, and, I, and I know we-, we I don't we, know the history of how many years. I'm what, 15 maybe? Was it that long? Years. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I actually don't know. Yeah, so it's so we have a rich history here in Nevada County of that, and, and do. The thing I do know is we've had many, many of our students move beyond our when it was a science fair and now our STEAM Expo to go to the state competition. Um, and uh, for a little county, it's amazing the number of students that we've sent down to LA uh, to compete with that. And so, also, yeah, Scott, I think um, part of the impetus too, I believe, and Carrie maybe can attest to this, is the uh, next generation science standards came out. And so that was another way to highlight and, you know, catapult people into seeing mm -hmm. all the different ways to create science and technology and all that STEAM involves. Is that, does that sound about right, Carrie? Absolutely. In 2013, we saw the adoption of the next generation science standards. That California science fair actually began in 1952. And in 2000 and, and excuse me, 15, they made the switch over to the California and science and engineering fair. And we followed suit in our county as well. Um, to incorporate the additional categories that they were bringing into the CSEF and to recognize the content integration within our classroom studies. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. And I had a question about how did you guys begin the, the science, you know, the STEAM Expo? That must have been quite an event to put on. Do you guys remember how it all started and how the progression of involvement happened through the years? Well, I do. I was part of the original crew. Um, I think there was a great uh, bit of community outreach from the county superintendent of schools, uh, asking all schools to participate, community, our local uh, technology co corporations too became partners. So it really became a community event where businesses, um, the schools, uh, and of course, uh, volunteers. And uh, it, it, I think it all just came together. So many people were excited to bring this uh, type of event to our community that we had a lot of uh, support in putting it on. Right. How about for you, Carrie? I mean, do you remember parts? I remember that there were all kinds of tables, community event, uh, community organizations coming together to highlight different employment opportunities, different um, hands-on arts programs. Like what what do you recall from the STEAM Expo? Oh, it has grown over the years. And we've brought in more community partnerships. Um, for myself, the involvement started as a teacher with my students and their excitement and motivation to engage with not just science, but all things STEAM related. 
Um, so that was a big selling point as a classroom educator. And then being able to go and have this hands-on experience where they can see the content that they're studying in class, being applied in the career and real world settings um, just made it an easy sell for, for our audience. I know. And I think, Scott, the last STEAM Expo that I attended, there was like through the day at the fairgrounds, there was over a thousand people involved. Is that correct? Do I remember that right? There were a lot, weren't there, Tina, that came through? Yes, we have. Yeah, that attendance is spot on. Um, Where um, we've been in um, the Economic Resource Council, is that what that um, company is called, Scott? Um, partnered with us the last uh, couple of years and brought in, like you said, Kim, opportunities for families and students to see how the technology and math and arts and um, science can turn into um, a wonderful career right here in Nevada County. How yeah. much opportunities we have for students to go into these types of careers. So we've we've been really lucky to partner with them and hope to partner again with them one day. But the STEAM Expo also uh, changed over the years by having more and more hands-on exhibits uh, uh, for families to uh, touch and play with and build and draw and, um, and experience that it became um, an experience to come to the STEAM Expo. I remember that. It became more of an event, not just displays, but it became uh-huh. more of an interactive event. Right. And that brought in people that even had just young children, see, see what you can do when you get older and all of that. I remember that. I don't know about you, Scott, but this year, I mean, we had to not do the STEAM Expo last year, right? And then, so this year, what are we looking at? Yeah, so Harry's it, probably got that answer. Exactly. We know we can't do it in person. Um, so what So what does it look like? But luckily, we're bringing it back, which is which is great for the students. So tell us, yeah, as, as Kim's asked, what does it look like this year? Well, the great thing is that even though our in-person experience has been briefly put on hold, um, we have the option for this virtual showcase of learning for students. Scientific inquiry doesn't stop even in COVID and pandemic times. So we want our students to continue to investigate the world around them. We want them to make sense of what they're understanding, the phenomena that they experience, and be able to have a say in what they see happening in their in their uh, community and be able to have impact. So what we're hoping is this year to focus on the category of scientific inquiry to increase and actually showcasing uh, student understanding through the arts as well. We also are continuing the tech test, which I know we said our STEAM Expo was put on hold, but we actually were able to continue our tech test competition last year, and, and that feeds into our mathematics competition that is um, awarded every year from the Sierra Economics and Science Foundation that awards scholarships to our high school participants. So our tech test junior feeds into that mathematics competition. This year, we want students to be able to showcase their learning, to still ask those questions and share with the community how their understanding of STEAM is developing through their studies. So another kind of bonus feature of this is that in the past, one barrier maybe has been that sending parents out, buying those trifold display boards, just having access to that. So we are integrating our technology just a bit more in terms of the visual format 
but the students are allowed choice. We provided project templates for them to showcase their learning. They can submit videos to us. They can submit slideshows. Um, but the whole point is to highlight their scientific inquiry, either through their research report or through their arts demonstration. Yeah, the digital seems so much more vast and choice in choices, don't you think, Scott? Uh, that's a great opportunity for the kids to and, and really to expand to show us what they know. Carrie, with this, I, I'm thinking that students most likely are going to enter the science fair through their teachers. That's how they're going to hear about it. A lot of uh, program or a lot of uh, schools, that's what the science teacher does in the class. It's part of the curriculum. Uh, tell us what that looks like or what, you know, I'm sure you've gotten some calls on that. I'm sure some of our newer teachers in the county who are, you know, teaching science for their first year when they, you know, what, what is a science fair? How can I get my kids excited? What do they do? So t- talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that question. We've provided resources to teachers, everything from the project template to mystery science, engaging your students in the scientific inquiry process, outlining a project checklist, providing the judges rubric so that our teachers do not have to invent all these documents to support their students in this process, but actually have the tools that they need to to gain access and to help support students' development in showcasing their learning. All of that's available on our nevcoexpo.org site for teachers. I would also mention that our work, part of my role this year is supporting teachers with implementation of their STEAM Expo goals. And so if we had any need for um, just a conversation about options available for students, uh, how to get the projects registered on ZFair, we provided training tutorials, but I also want to provide my name and contact information. So cferro at nevco.org. Please feel free to email, reach out, and I'm happy to walk you through that process of registering student projects as well. We do anticipate that it will be teachers that are registering projects. We have a limit on project registration, which is four projects per grade level, but we encourage individuals or teams to apply. And this is open to all schools in Nevada County, private, charter, and public. That's great. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. We have it open uh, for everybody. And I would also assume if a school for one reason or the other is not, isn't, you know, really talking up the science fair and, and making it a class project or that students could do that um, on their own, whether they're in a school or maybe they're on an independent study program, but they're welcome to join too, aren't they? That is absolutely accurate. And one of the reasons why we are just very grateful for our community partners and helping us spread the word. I know you you mentioned something that we've talked a bit about in the office here, but uh, our listeners probably heard it. Z-Fair. Talk to me. Tina, I don't know who found Z-Fair. I remember when you first mentioned it to me and I, and I was like, what is a Z-Fair? Uh, and then you you did and, and we picked that format. So maybe talk to us, to Kim and I, a little bit about what, what Z-Fair is and why that was the format of choice for this virtual uh, STEAM Expo. Well, we were in a position of whether to hold it virtually last year when we were talking in the spring of 2020, 2021, excuse me. Um, And so Carrie actually found this Z Fair platform. And unfortunately, we were a bit too late. So we wanted to keep that on the shelf in case we were in the same place this year. And so we pulled it out. Um, We connected with the representative. And Carrie has done a tremendous amount of work in setting that platform up, getting it very user-friendly for both teachers, students, parents, um, and judges 
who are going to participate in the STEAM Expo. So we're very appreciative of Carrie's hard work. And then, uh, you know, it, it, the nice thing about the Z Fair platform is that it blends completely and nice and smoothly with the California State Fair uh, competition because they as well use Z Fair. Okay, so that that's why. So if our kids, for our kids, and I won't say if, I will say those kids that do qualify to move on to the state fair, they'll just it'll be a very similar uh, setup, sim- similar to submit their their science fair project. Okay, on that. And so. Kim is is leading the effort for the arts uh, part of our STEAM Expo as well. So we're very excited. Well, let's to have let's her pivot right. over there, Kim. Yeah, let's I'd love to. Let's reverse that. the microphone roles here. <laughs> And, uh, and, and tell us about the art component. Well, the STEAM Arts Showcase is what we're calling it this year. And we want to say arts plural because we know now, because of the 2019 California Arts Standards, there are five disciplines. So we've got theater arts, visual arts, uh, music, dance, and of course, what we're using right music. now, which is yeah. media art. Media. That's right. Yeah. Um, So when we come to those five disciplines, that's we're going to be showcasing that along with in between those are like photography and, you know, animation, all of these great, amazing art submissions that kids can do. And lately, I feel like because we've been in this situation with COVID, kids are more prone to media arts only because they're just more naturally inclined to use the computer Uh now for everything. So I'm excited about the submissions. I did want to ask Carrie because this is a question I've always asked, submissions on video or displays, what kind of formats are we accepting on the Z Fair for all of the platforms? Any open source format. So if they can email it to us or they can post it as a file on Z Fair, it's a go. Mm, okay. Wow. And Z Fair is really a dynamic. It is not just, uh, it didn't just come about recently. It actually has been around since 2003 and they host many of our inter international science fairs, including the Regeneron Science Fair. And so the opportunity to build and learn on this platform is something that we hope to continue into the future as well. That's so great. I, you know, when you said open source, I'm thinking of like videos of someone doing a performance. It's that that's a little bit longer sometimes than you can email. There's another format that we can provide for that or YouTube link or anything like that. YouTube links will work for us. Um, One thing that I would just caution is that over 50 minutes and you're having to break that video up. I believe that we've stated that submissions, if we could go for 15 minutes, would be a little bit um, easier to access, but YouTube posted into two parts could absolutely be accessible too. And I would say that that would be a reach out to us and we would absolutely help you get that plat- get your, your video up for showcasing before March 23rd. Okay, March 23rd. I love it. And, and then as Kim was mentioning, the different type of arts, and, and I was thinking about the whole thing, can the public come in and see any of this? I mean, is there a place where once we've uploaded everything on Z Fair and someone says, you know, I've heard there's some great photography in there or like some amazing, you know, math or, uh, you know, what have you, can they do that? I'm really glad you asked that question too. The answer is yes. So our Z Fair platform allows for a virtual showcase that we're opening up on the Nevco Expo org site at 1 p.m. on Friday, March 25th. That showcase will remain open through the end of the school year. So if at any point teachers, students, 
students, community members would like to go in and see the great work that our students are producing, they will have access to that. Oh, that's fantastic. We yeah. definitely need to get the word out for that, uh, you know, beyond, beyond this radio show. And I know we'll put it on our Facebook page, our website, as you mentioned, but uh, in the newspaper and Ubinet, some other, some other source would be great to. Uh, on Twitter, too. They can. Twitter. <laughs> wow. There we it'll go. Be, yeah, it'll be like our own little uh, award ceremony and showcase. I love that. That is so cool uh, that they can see it. I, and I, I don't know why I didn't think of asking that question until right now. But as you mentioned, I'm like, I want to see this stuff. Categories for science. I know we've always had, you know, the, the, the categories. So what are they? Carrie, what are our, 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 our Tina, I don't know who to ask this question to, but what are our categories? Carrie's the good, Carrie's the science. Yeah. All right. Categories look a little different this year, partially because of this virtual platform versus uh, the in-person option. So this year we're choosing to focus in one category and that's scientific inquiry. However, within that category, students can investigate biology, product development. We actually even have a newly discovered category from the California Science and Engineering Fair called Continuous Year Projects that is projects that students started in previous years but are finishing their work this year. So. My son was thrilled to see that one. He has a project left over from the Chicago Park Science Fair that he said, can I bring that and finish the work into this year? Wow. And so the answer is yes. But those of us that had projects that we maybe had to put on the back burner, there's a category for you too. We'd love to see your work. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. That because I, I knew there was different ways. I know we used to have the Ruth Goldberg categories, but that was more of an in-person. You kind of had to see it, but are, are we doing that? Is that... There's still an option for those students that would like to get creative. If Rube Goldberg is your, your desire to investigate, then our suggestion, we've had students that have participated in scientific inquiry with Rube Goldberg, where they adjusted um, the variables of the experiment, so mm -hmm. the weight of the ball. So we asked them to, this year, not just develop a Rube Goldberg machine, if that was their chosen avenue of study, but think about what they might be able to test with that Rube Goldberg machine. So there's still a pathway in for them, um, but this year we are going to focus, uh, part of our reason for that focus is because the only category, interestingly enough, that qualifies for the California Science and Engineering Fair is the scientific inquiry category. So we're getting creative with how we can get our students into that category too this year. Good. And what about our math category? Our tough test junior is by a recommendation of the teacher. So there's an important deadline coming up of February 18th. David Pistone, our, our tech test junior guru and also Mount St. Mary's teacher is heading up this challenge. And he asked that teachers submit the names of uh, three students and one alternate, up to four students can participate. For this competition, the test is administered locally at their school site. So we're staying within our and taking the assessment in early March. And then the winners of that competition will also be announced on Friday, March 25th at 1 p.m. on our nevcoexpo.org site. Um, we give prizes, um, prizes for both team and then for individual winners in that that competition. Nice. This is year two of the Tech Test Junior um, competition. So we discovered last year it was very successful um, through this electronic, you know, test on site. And then um, and then the students, they grade the papers and, and come up with the winners. So we decided to do the same format. Because we've done Tech Test Junior for years, but just in, in the old format. And that begs the question, if there's a Tech Test Junior, there has to be a Tech Test Senior. 
right? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have a junior without a senior. So I'm, I'm assuming that the senior version's at the high school. The senior version is hosted at the high school and students are nominated by their teachers to take that assessment. But over $10,000 in scholarships have been Wow. That kind of leads me to my next question, you guys, about I know in the past, the STEAM Expo has been very participatory in the lower levels, the schools and elementary and middle, but but not as much in the high school. Is Do you think there is some other, what is the strategy or what is a, an idea that we could maybe get those high school students more involved in this, do you think? Um, that's the golden question. Uh, <laughs> we, we have tried to be very creative in, in reaching out to the teachers, the science teachers, mm-hmm. um, you know, the principals, administrators to participate. So I, I don't know the answer. I know. Um, okay. <laughs> Carrie, what's your thought? I, I agree with you, uh, Tina, but I, yeah. what's Carrie thinking? My thought is that in order for uh, teachers to see the benefit of this, they need to see the connection in the curriculum that they're already using with their students. True. Mm. So one aspect that we've mentioned that has created just a little bit more buy-in is the concept of assessing student understanding. And so by having or providing students the opportunity to showcase their learning through scientific inquiry or through an arts demonstration, we're giving an alternative to the traditional assessment. We know that our students participate in the CAST. For those that aren't familiar, that's the California Science Test that's administered in fifth grade, eighth grade, and in high school. So that's one form of assessment that we use to monitor student progress in science. But another form of assessment is giving students the option to demonstrate their understanding. So we hope by giving this virtual showcase of learning, this provides teachers another way to assess what students are getting out of the instruction that they're experiencing in their day-to-day courses. That's brilliant. So use it as an assessment, as a choice for an assessment. Or just even as a tool for students to sort of process out and demonstrate how their thinking has evolved. That's kind of our primary goal of the next generation science standards is that students can demonstrate their understanding and show an evolution of thinking over time. And that brings such real world relevance too, doesn't it? It does. And speaking of real world relevance, it was each year we've had more and more um, submissions for technology, engineering, uh, Lego robotics, and those are often older students. So, um, and including um, career tech education and partnering with uh, local businesses you know, we hope that hopefully next year when if we were able to hold this in person is to bring in those partners and to bring in the, um, you know, collaborate with the CTE program at the local high schools to bring um, those students in to participate. I know. And that worked. I mean, we had involved them in person that first year. Well, one of the first years. So it sounds like they would be probably willing to do it again. Right, Tina? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go with not if, when we go back to when we go back. There you go. Exactly. We're going to keep our fingers crossed and be half full here. Well, I have one more question, Scott, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it would be important and and maybe relevant for the listeners to hear how are these judged and how are there any community members that would like to be involved in the judging? What do you think, Carrie? I think that's a great question. And and I would love to address that. We recognize that the students are in the scientific inquiry challenge. The students are going to be judged on their investigation, their ability to research and report their findings. We have four project dimensions that we grade for that, which is the project idea itself, the presentation within the scientific context, 
the students' research methodology and their results and interpretation. For our arts project, we're really looking that students attempt to answer a question, that they try to solve a problem or observe an issue or a phenomena through their artwork. The big piece for our arts competition is that students need to include an accompanying artist's description that describes the process that they use to create the piece, any revisions that they incorporated into their design, and any tools, technology tools or otherwise, that were used to generate their final um, project. The project is based on um, the artist's habits of mind, which is in four categories, creating, performing, responding, and connecting to the particular challenge. And then um, for our judges, what we're looking for is that they have professional or educational experience in, uh, in their chosen, if they're helping, assisting with the scientific inquiry competition or the arts competition, they can register for either. They register for both through our ZFair platform, and they can actually learn more about that through our nevcoexpo.org site. But the judges, when they register, they're allowed to actually select their category, um, their preferred categories, and our ZFair platform actually matches them with projects that have been registered under that category so that we can hopefully keep our judges within their area of expertise as much as possible. We asked judges um, if they would be willing to join us on Thursday, March 24th at 9 a.m. We just asked for a check-in. We'll provide training with them. We have an option in person for judges training at Nevada County Superintendent of Schools office, or they can join us via Zoom. Um, we understand that many of our judges work throughout the day and that they're making time to support our students. And so we're providing both. At that point, they'll, they'll have support with the judging rubric, support with accessing projects, an opportunity to ask any questions. That judging window remains open throughout the day. And the reason for that is to allow the flexibility of access for our judges at a time that's convenient for them. Projects do take about 20 minutes to grade each, um, give or take, depending on <clears throat> your consideration with those projects. And we just uh, would love to have community support from experts that are willing to lend a hand to this. That's perfect. Thank you, Carrie. And, and with that, we are at the end of our show. Carrie, thank you so much. Tina, thank you so much for telling us more about the STEAM Expo coming up. And on behalf of Kim and myself, we'd like to wish everybody a fantastic evening. You've been listening to Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5. Good night.